Ema shendo rabakanderia bahoye. Erele bando shekaya rabasi rabaha. Mandala rabase korebando sayeriebeshe. Dekeria mama shando rabo siki rabahaye. O rabakunda lamase yorobohoshe. E yarabaha shenda rabahaye. Lord yondo wasi worthy. Lord you worthy. Lord you worthy. Yenamasi andona namashe. Lord you worthy. Emashe norobohosha. God, how I love you. God, how I bless you. God, how I praise you. God, how I glorify you. God, how I magnify you. You are the one true and living God. You are the living word. You are alpha. You are omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. Oh, bless your holy name. God, we come and thank you for this day, God, that we've never seen before. This day that we'll never see again. God, we come to give you praise. God, we come to give you glory. God, we come to give you honor. God, there's no one like you. God, there's no one above you. Oh, who wouldn't serve a God like you? Who wouldn't trust a God like you? Who wouldn't lean on a God like you? Who wouldn't rely on a God like you? You're all sufficient. You're all seeing. You're all knowing. You're concerned about what concerns us. Oh God, I thank you right now. You feel our infirmities. God, you know our very thoughts, God, even afar off, God. You know what we need even before we ask. Who wouldn't serve a God like you? God, we thank you for the awesome opportunity to come to your throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy in our time of trouble. Oh God, you're so worthy. You're so holy. You're so righteous. God, we thank you for being a just God. We thank you for being the lover of our soul. We thank you for being the captain of our ship. We thank you for being a way maker. We thank you for making ways when there seem to be no way. God, we thank you now. What a mighty God we serve. You're a strong tower. You're a battle axe. God, we thank you that you are our advocate. You're our lawyer in the courtroom. God, we thank you that you are the chief physician. You are our healer. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by you. There is no sickness, no affliction, no symptom, no disease that can come upon us. God, that you can't heal. There's nothing that can come upon us, God, that you can't handle. God, your word says you won't let anything come upon us unaware. God, when we trust you, when we incline our ear to your voice, God, you let us in on the next play. You let us in on the secret things. You let us in on the direction for our lives. You let us in, God, to know where we're going. You let us in to see the path that is lit for us, lit for us, God, that you have left God, God, to light the way. God, you are at our beginning and you've already been at our end and you've already worked it out and you've already walked it out. And God, for that, we say thank you. Oh, awesome God, we say thank you. Oh, awesome God, we count it a privilege and an honor to give you a sacrifice of prayer and a sacrifice of praise. We count it not robbery to lift our hands in our sanctuaries, God, in our homes, God. Oh, God, we thank you. We lift our hands in your presence and we exalt your holy name. We are determined to make your name great in all the earth. We are determined to glorify you. We are determined to let our light so shine that you would get the glory, that you would get the honor, that our words and our deeds honor you, that our words and our deeds represent you, that our words and our deeds represent the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name, God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What an awesome God. What an all-sufficient God. What an all-knowing God we serve. There's none like you, Robo There's none like you, There's nobody like you. Hallelujah. We honor you. We honor you with the fruit of our lips, God. We honor you today. We honor you today. 
Oh God, we thank you. We thank you right now, God. Your word says that we should pray for those in authority that have ruled over us. And we pray right now, God, for the those in the White House, God, those in charge, God, in the White House. We pray, God, that you touch them in their minds and you use them, God. Oh, God, for the furtherance of your kingdom, of your agenda, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for touching those, God. Oh, God, in the Senate, in the House, God. We thank you right now for moving in the midst of those people, God. You are in control of everything. And so we know that you're orchestrating and you're moving and you're shifting, God. And so we thank you for it now. For making ways in the legislature, God. Making ways, God, in the votes, in the Ways and Means Committee, God. In all the houses and all the subcommittees, God. You have your way. Thank you that your voice is being heard in our government. No matter what it looks like. No matter what it seems like, God. We know you are an in-control God. Because you own it all. You own the cattle on a thousand hills. Every man on this planet is your creation, God. And so you have control, God, you own the king's heart and you turn it wheresoever you choose. So God, we thank you and we trust in your plan. Even though we may not understand, even though we may not be able to see it your way, we trust your plan. Your plan is unfallible. Your plan is perfect. We thank you for your plan, God, concerning these United States. We thank you for your plan concerning the state of Florida and in in each state that the individual people live in, God, that are listening to this message. We trust you in the government of our state. We trust you in the government of our counties, our cities, our localities, God, because All things are working together for the good of them that love you and that are called according to your purpose. So we stand on the promises of your word in the name of Jesus. We stand on the promises. We stand on the promises, God. We know that you can do anything but fail. So we know we're on the winning team. We know we're on victory's side. We know that no matter what comes, no matter what it looks like, we win. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors. God, we thank you. You've given us power over all the powers of the enemy. You have given us power over all the powers of the enemy. And for that, we say thank you. And for that, we praise you. And for that, we lift you up, God. We make you bigger than any problem in any situation that will come up before us, God, in the name of Jesus. No matter, God, you hide us. No matter what, God, you shield us. No matter what, God, you protect us. And God, for that, we say thank you. Mighty God. Mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a holy God we serve. What a loving God we serve. There is nobody like you. There is no one before you, God. Halabashondo. Robo shikariabaha, yerebasi, kandeliamando, robokoshu, rebamashendarabahaye. We love you today, Lord. We love you today, Lord. We love you today, God. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. We bless you, God. Halarabashando, robokondo robosa, beyendere de masi, yeramashundo robose. We love you, God. We love you today. And we trust you with our very life. We trust you with our very existence. We trust you, God, to provide what we need. Your word says you provide all we need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Not what it looks like, not what we see with our natural eye, not what we hear on the news. Oh God, not what we see and hear on social media. God, but we know that you will provide because you own it all. You own it all, God. 
You took the time to speak and create, God, to every living thing. You take the time to even clothe, God, <clears throat> the lilies of the field, the grass. So how much more will, should we trust you to provide for us? How much more should we trust you to give us what we need, God? You're the great way maker and you make ways out of no ways. You're the great way maker, God, and you create, God. You are a creative God. You're a wonder working God. You're a miracle working God. And we trust you. We trust you, God, with everything that concerns us. We trust you. So we thank you for moving, God, in our local elections. And we thank you for even moving, God, in November in the elections. You know exactly what needs to happen, God. And no matter what happens, God, it's for our good and it's for your glory. And God, we're going to reap the benefits because everything is working for our good. So matter, no matter what happens in November, no matter what happens in our local elections, God, it is working together <clears throat> with things we don't know about and things we don't see for our good. God, I come against the spirit of anger and bitterness that has been loosed in this land. God, I thank you that you've called those that knows the, know the words of prayer and those that have a personal relationship with you to intercede, to pray on behalf, God, of others. And I pray, God, for those that are angry and bitter in their spirit and down in their soul right now. God, send the healing, ministering angels, God, to touch them, God, in their minds, their hearts, and their spirits, God. Oh, Father, bind up this spirit of division, God. Let it start with the house of God. Let it start with your houses of worship. Let it start in the body of Christ. God, this spirit has got to be eradicated. God, the, your word says the world is watching. They're watching how we treat one another. They're watching how we react as your ambassadors, as your representatives, God. God, put out the spirit of anger and bitterness in the midst of your people. God, put out, God, the spirit of division, God, that we might be the light, that we might be the example of what it means to come together, of what it means to truly be in agreement. God, I just thank you now for the opportunity God, to come together with my brothers and sisters in Christ in agreement for the victory, for the peace, God, amongst your people, for the peace amongst the brothers and sisters, your children, God, that we all can come together and cry out in one voice, on one accord, Abba, Father. We need to cry out to you with one voice and on one accord, Abba, Father. God, we need to turn down our place, God. We need to link arm in arm, God. We need to come together in not just one day, but multiple days of prayer, days of fasting, days of shutting out the world, days of shutting down, days of powering off God devices, days of seeking your face corporately, God. Oh, Father, it's not time for us to shut ourselves in and get by ourselves and whisper to you our personal needs and our personal requests. But God, now is the time to cry out, to cry loud, to lift up our voices like a trumpet in Zion, to come together as one voice, as one loud trumpet sound to warn the world, to warn those that are lost, to warn God, those that are in harm's way and in danger, God. Oh, God, of losing their lives and open up their eyes, God, and hearing from you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I knew, I knew you not. <clears throat> help us to draw closer to you, but help us to draw closer to one another. God, that those, God, that are looking in, those that are listening, God, even on social media, those that are peering in and tuning in, God, to hear a word, God, from you through your people, help us not to be backbiting, not to be, God, bickering, not to be judging, God, but to say the same thing and mind the same message, which is turn your heart to God. Surrender your life to God. Help us, we, your people, your children, God, be on one accord 
for the mission you have at hand. That is to see the souls saved and the lives changed for your glory. God, I thank you now. God, I bless you now. God, I glorify you now. You are the living word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word will remain. God, help us to spread your word like wildfire. Help us to spread your message. Your word says, how beautiful are the feet of those that carry the gospel. Oh, Father, you have called every one of your children to spread the gospel. You've called us to give a testimony, to lead men to Christ, to shine our light in this dark world, God. You've given us to, to salvation, God, so that we can open our lives and let our lives be open books, epistles to be read of all men. Father, I thank you right now. Let our lives be worthy of representation of your kingdom. When people open our books, when people learn about our lives, let them see you. Let them see your miracles, your signs, your wonders, your provision, God. Let them see your glory on our lives. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that blots out our transgressions, that washes away every sin. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins, to wash away our past, to wash away our thinking, God, that's unlike you, to wash away our actions and our reactions that are not like you, to wash away attitudes, God, oh, Father, that are not like you. In the name of Jesus, God, we bless your holy name. You alone are worthy. You alone are holy, God. Father, we don't visit you in a grave and leave flowers at your tomb. We thank you that you are a living God. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We thank you that our big brother Jesus is making intercession for us. And for that, God, we say thank you. We're never alone. No matter how alone we feel, no matter how isolated we are, we are never alone. Your word says you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Men might forget where we are. They may forget where we live. They may forget our phone numbers. But God, you know right where we are. You know right where to find us. We don't need to call you on a natural phone, God. We just need to call out to you. We just need to lift our hands in total surrender and total praise. We just need to open our mouths and say, Abba, Father. We just need to acknowledge you as the Lord in our lives. As King of Kings and as Lord of Lords, God, all we need to do is surrender. <clears throat> we need to surrender our will. We need to surrender our way. We need to surrender our attitudes and our habits, God. We need to surrender all to you. Thank you for this pandemic, giving us an opportunity to get along with you, giving us an opportunity to step back and assess our lives, step back and assess our motives, our motive for ministry, our motive for serving, our motive for attending church, our motive for calling you our father. Thank you, God. We bless you. We bless your holy name, God, and we're grateful for this opportunity in this, this time of reflection, <clears throat> this time of refreshing, this time to receive a new anointing, a new refre refreshing, a time to allow you to birth an anointing in us in the name of Jesus. God, we are grateful. We're grateful for this time of shutdown, this time of shutting in, this time to seek your face, this time to get along with you, this time just to say thank you, this time just to lift up your name, this time just to glorify you and magnify you, God. You're supplying all of our needs already. You've already been on our tomorrow. You've already worked it out. You've already walked it out. You've already left provisions along the pathway. You've already lit the way. All we need to do is thank you. All we need to do is glorify you. All we need to do is magnify you. There's no need to worry. There's no need, God, to worry or be confused. There's no need, God, for us to look for another word externally. We don't need to chase prophets. We don't need to chase people to hear what you're saying. If we just sit down in this time that you have provided and orchestrated for us and seek your face for ourselves. 
and lift up our hands before you and give you thanks and glorify you and magnify you. That's all we need to do in this time. That's all you're requiring of us in this season. You're just requiring us just to thank you because you've already provided. You've already provided, God. Oh, Father, who wouldn't serve a God like you? Who wouldn't surrender to a God like you? Who wouldn't submit to a God like you? A wonder-working God. We're trusting you for our healing. God, you've put a stop to our busy lives, a stop to our comings and goings, an opportunity for us to power down and exhale and inhale in you. To take the time to appreciate the small things that you've done for us. To appreciate and reflect on all the victories. And to know, God, that there's more to come. To know, God, that there's more to do for you. To know, God, that you're not finished with us. To know, God, that this is not an end, but just a new beginning. We thank you today for a new beginning, God, in you. The perfect opportunity to stop and see where we are in you. The perfect opportunity to measure our lives by your word. The perfect opportunity to stop and turn, God, if we're on the wrong pathway. This time of this pandemic is the perfect opportunity for we, your people, to get in line, to line up with your word, to start over. God, you're taking us all back to the start line. I thank you, God, everyone from the least to the greatest, from the apostle to the bishop, to the pastor, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, the leaders. You have taken us all back to the first line, to the start line, to our first work, to evaluate our lives up until this point. Because your desire is that none would perish. Your desire is that we all make it in. Your desire is that we all be right before you. And so we thank you for this time to be right before you. We thank you for this time of reset and reflection. We are so grateful that you didn't turn us over to a reprobate mind. You didn't leave us to our own devices. You didn't let us die in our sin and our error from the church house. But God, we have a chance to sit back and evaluate our lives to this point. Your word says the race is not given to the swift, nor is it given to the strong, but it is given to those that endure to the end. You've pulled us all back, the slow and the fast alike, and we're all at the start line. And we all have equal footing. And we all have the same platform and we all have the same chance and we all can bring the same message and we all can hear from you, God, through the Holy Spirit to get one message. Jesus saved, Jesus healed, Jesus delivers. God, I thank you for the opportunity to align with you. God, though the winds and the rains may rage about us, you are keeping us calm in the midst of the storm. You are providing, God, in ways we could have never imagined. God, you are providing every one of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, we are in a state of increase and overflow. I thank you that we've taken the time to stop God, and just be showered by your love, showered by your blessing. Just alone to wake up this morning is a blessing. Just alone, God, to have the activity of our limbs today is a blessing. To open our eyes, to be able to see in the natural, God, is a blessing. Help us to take this time, God, to know who you are in our lives and what you really mean to us, God. You've never stopped loving us. You've never stopped making ways. You've never stopped providing. It is a privilege and an honor to serve you. God, I thank you. Where we were serving and we felt like we were in the wrong place, God, you've taken us back to the start line. We have opportunity to change directions, change ministries. We have the opportunity to stop, God, and really see where you want us in this season in our lives. 
what you would have us to do in this season in our lives. God, we have the awesome opportunity and privilege to reflect on who you really are to us, who you really are in our lives. Oh, Father, and where we really are with you, we thank you today. We thank you today. We bless your holy name. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. You, God, we can't stop praising you. If we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't thank you enough. We couldn't praise you enough. We couldn't worship you enough. We couldn't exalt you enough. You have done more for us than anybody on this planet. You have provided more for us than any jobs we ever had, any jobs we ever could have. You have done exceedingly and abundantly far above anything we could have ever asked or thought. God, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the good things you have in store for us. Yes, God, the word says the weapons will form, but the word also says they shall not prosper. We stand on the promises of your word today, God. We know that they will not prosper. We know in the end we will, and the enemy is defeated. You've given us power to tread over serpents and scorpions. You've given us power over all the powers of the enemy. Your word says you've given our enemies to be our footstool, and then you've given our enemies to be at peace with us. A footstool does not move. It does not respond. A footstool stays where you put it. And so when you make our enemies our footstool and at peace with us, that footstool is not going to talk back. It's not going to talk against where we're trying to go to. That footstool will will be still, non-animated. So our enemy will be at peace with us. They're not going to fight against us. They're not going to move and cause us to stumble and fall. But they're going to help us achieve the goals you've set before us. Our enemies are going to help us press towards the mark of the prize and the high calling through Christ Jesus. So we thank you today for our enemies. We thank you today for our enemies. We thank you today for our enemies in the name of Jesus. Father, we're so proud. We're so proud. We are so proud to be called your children. We are so proud to call you father, to call you Abba, daddy, because you are concerned about what concerns us and you hear the cry of our hearts. God, we thank you for hearing the cry of our hearts. We thank you, God, that you hear the cry of our hearts. You bottle up every single tear we ever cry. God, your heart breaks for what breaks our heart. God, no matter what man thinks about us and what we're concerned about, God, you are concerned with the utmost patience. You are concerned with the utmost love and you are ever listening. You are ever concerned. You're always comforting us. You're always waiting with open arms to hug us and tell us that you love us. You're all seeing and you're all knowing. You're omnipresent. You're omniscient. You're omnipotent. You are are the alpha. You are the omega. You are our all in all. You are our everything. You, God, are our everything. You are our joy when we have sorrow. You are our hope, God. When the situation seems hopeless, you are our everything. So, God, we surrender to you today. We surrender to you today. Speak to us through your word today. You know what we need to hear. You know, God, that we are at the end of our rope, some of us, and we're tying a knot and we're holding on and we need to hear because there's so much noise. We cannot hear from you. So speak to us today. You know what we have need of even before we ask. God, sometimes we don't even know what to say, what to pray, because we are so pressed on every side. We're pressed on every hand. But God, we know that your anointing 
can give us the grace space that we need. Your anointing can erect the hedge of protection that we ourselves have torn down from the inside. We know that one word from you can remove every fear and every doubt. One word from you can restore the water from your living well. One word from you can bring healing to our soul. So speak to us this morning through your word, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word today. We honor Thank you, God. We honor you. We honor you with an everlasting love today. And we incline our ear. We incline our ear today, God. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. What a mighty God we serve. Isn't he awesome? The miracles, the signs, and the wonders are astounding. Glory to God. Glory to God. And today, I want to ask a question. I want to pose a question to you that are listening. God has given us gifts, some of us multiple gifts. But my question today is, what are you doing with the gift that God gave you? You may have a gift and you feel it's insignificant or you can't find a place to use it in the body of Christ that you're in currently. But God wouldn't give you a gift that he wouldn't expect you to use. He wouldn't give you a gift that he expects you to bury and hide, waiting for other gifts to go with it. But he gives you the gift because he has purpose and destiny for you to use that gift. So you may not be able to play the drums and play the keyboard and sing. We all might not have multiple gifts. But what are you doing with that one gift? I'm going to use as my core text today, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. The parable of the three servants. I'm going to be reading it today from the New Living Translation version. And we're going to talk about that one gift. What are we doing with the gift God gave us? And for those that have multiple gifts, what are we doing with the gifts God gave us? Glory to God. Matthew 25, uh, 14 through 30 reads in the New Living Translation, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to the other, and one bag to the last, dividing, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Verse 18, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used how they had used his money. Verse 20. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, "Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more." The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 
Verse 22, the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Verse 25, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they're given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant out. Now, verse 30, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Thank God for his word. I read that in its entirety because everybody doesn't know the word. And, and there are some people that have not heard of this parable, may not have even read their Bible to even know about this parable. I was there one day. I was the person that had never read the Bible in my life and had never heard the stories of God. But I thank God today that the message today is not just to the unbelievers, but it's to the believers. What are you doing with the gift that God gave you? Some people have multiple gifts. Some of us have multiple gifts and we choose to use some and not others. We may feel inadequate or undeserving or that we lack special training to execute the gift the way we see others do it. Sometimes we feel, well, I do enough for God over here and I don't have to do this or that. I don't have to worry about that. And we're not good stewards over what God has given us. And we sometimes we look around and we say to the one that has one talent, well, I shouldn't have to do all these things. They should be able to pick up the slack. They should be able to do three things like I'm doing three things. But that is not the talent that he had given them. We can't be concerned about what other people are doing with their talent. What are we doing with our talent? What are we doing with what God gave us? We have to be good stewards of what God gave us regardless of how we feel. If we feel that our gifting is not being used in the body of believers that God has put us in or that we find ourselves in currently, then we need to seek God even the more. We need to have personal time and say, God, you gave me this gift and I have no place to use it. I, I have no way to use it. I'm not being allowed to operate in my gift. God, what do you say? God, am I out of place? Should I be someplace else? Or is this a time of cultivation? Is this a time of listening? What, what season are you in? We have to be good stewards over the gift that God has given us. We have to be careful where we use it, when we use it, and how we use it, but who we allow to use it. Are you letting someone prostitute your gift? Are you letting someone use your gift for the wrong reasons? Are you using your gift for the wrong reason? Are you using your gift to gain money, to gain fame, to gain recognition? Or are you using your gift to further the kingdom? We have to be good stewards over the gifts that God has given to us. We have to know that God gave us this gift for the furtherance of the gospel. 
so that his word would go throughout the four corners of the earth so that his name would be made great in all the earth. We have to know that no matter what gift we are given, it has been given not for vainglory, but to glorify God. You can take your gift and use it for your vainglory, but that's like burying it in the dirt. Like the, the one servant, the servant that had the one talent, he buried his gift. He said, I knew you were a hard master and, and I know this and that about you. So he made excuses for not working his gift. He made excuses for not using what he had in his hand. God, the, the master called him wicked. Are you using excuses today not to use your gift? Is your excuse, well, God, I don't have a platform. Well, God, they won't let me in the pulpit. Well, God, they won't let me operate my gift in ministry. There's a whole big world out there. God has called you to use your gift wherever you can. And if that's in the hedges and the highways, then that is where you need to be using your gift. No matter what gift he's given you, that gift is to be used for the furtherance of the gospel. So don't look at people and you say, well, they're doing this and they're making a lot of money and they're getting recognition and they have all these followers on social media. God may have you use your gift one person at a time. Your gift may be so that you use it one time and that one time you use it, it just multiplies and multiplies through people you'll never know and people you'll never meet. Every testimony that God trusts us with furthers his kingdom. It's a gift. Our testimony is a gift for those that feel, well, I don't have a gift. I don't know what God's called me to do. Your testimony of miracles, signs, and wonders is the gift that God has given you in this season to use. And if that's the only gift he's given you, use it to the best of your abilities. Use it and shout your testimony from the mountaintop every, to everyone you come across. Let them know how good God has been to you, how gracious, how kind he has been to you. This is all that matters is that we use the gift that we have to glorify God. Let's not wait for a platform. Let's not wait for a crowd. Let's not wait for an audience. He may have given you, God may have given you the gift of intercession. Not to get a microphone, not to get on social media to pray, but to get on your face, to get in your private place and pray for those people you may never meet and people you may never see and people you may never know. Intercede for those being trafficked. Intercede for those that are ill on their sick bed. Those that are at death's door. Pray for those that are being abused. Pray for those that are confused in their mind. Pray for those that can't pray for themselves. That might be your one gift to intercede and pray. It's a thankless job at times, but when you pray in secret, God promises in his word that he will reward you openly. You don't have to advertise or brag about anything that you do in secret for God. But what you don't want to do is sit on the gift that he's given you. What you don't want to do is sit on the talents that he has given you. What are you doing with the gift that God has given you today? How active are you? Not in the church. How active are you in the work of the Lord, two different things. The work of the Lord does not always involve, the work of the Lord doesn't always involve being inside the four walls of a church. It could be in the prison. It could be in a youth shelter. It can be in an abused women's shelter. It could be in a shelter for women and children or a men's shelter. It could be on the street corner. It could be in the grocery store. It can be in the food court at the mall. But seek God and find out if you're being a good steward over the gift he gave you. Mark 13 and 34 and Luke 19, 12 through 27 also talks about this parable from different perspectives. Don't let God come and see you sitting on your gifts. He is soon to come. 
The signs are there. So many things are going on that are unprecedented. So many things are going on that we never, ever could have thought up in our mind. We couldn't, they couldn't even make this up in the movies. But you know what? This is not the time to fear. This is not the time to bury your gifts. This is not the time to say, well, my gift doesn't matter because I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. It does not matter. God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. He takes the foolish thing. He takes the underdog. He takes the one on the ticket that everybody is betting against. That's the person he elevates. That's the person who wins. That's the person that he will pick up and use. Don't count yourself out. Don't discount yourself. Don't discount your gift. Don't discount the things that God has put on the inside of you. Don't discount the calling on your life. Don't measure yourself by other men's giftings and other men's abilities and other men's talents and other men's platforms. Don't try to make your own way. Don't try to position yourself strategically to become before great men. The word says your gift will make room for you. You don't have to make a platform. Everybody that has a gift is not renowned, doesn't uh, doesn't have their name become a household name. Be satisfied with the gift that God has given you and you work it for the glory of God. Work that gift that God has given you for the glory of God. The one servant that had the five talents, he invested it. God may have given you multiple talents. And if he has given you multiple talents, invest it. Invest it in those that don't. Maybe God could use you at a ministry that's small, that only has two members. And they can use your five talents. God will give you refreshing and renewing. You don't have to worry about people using you. When you're using your gifting for the glory of God, he protects you. He shields you. He won't let anything come upon you unaware if you seek him and you honestly use your gifts for those that need. Find yourself using your gift for God's glory. You won't get so burnt out. You won't get run down. You won't get confused. Not to say that the enemy won't attack your mind. Not to say that the enemy won't come to discourage you because the more you press the furtherance of the gospel and the furtherance of the kingdom, the more the enemy will come to discourage you. Don't let fear discourage you. Don't let hopelessness discourage you. Don't let what you see with your natural eyes discourage you. If you know that God has given you gifts for the body of Christ and you know where God has sent you to use those gifts, use those gifts boldly. Don't worry about what people say, what people think, because people that aren't using their gifts, they're going to run their mouth anyway. They're going to talk about you anyway. They're going to try to trip you up anyway. They're going to try to discourage you anyway. And so in spite of them, let them be your footstool. You can show them better than you can tell them. Show the gift that God has given you for all the world to see. And if it's just that one gift, you take that one gift and you use it for the glory of God until Jesus come. And you do it as unto the Lord. Because the moment you take your eyes off of God and the moment you put your eyes on people is the moment that you will begin to doubt the gift that God has given you. You have to know that God gives you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Above all things, he wishes that we would prosper and be in good health even as our soul prosper. So when you see opposition, when you come up against adversity, when you come up against trials and tribulations and tricks from the enemy, know that these things have come to distract you and make you step out of purpose and destiny. There's a story in the Bible about Nehemiah and he got permission from the king to leave and go build the walls. 
of his king, of his uh, native land. And there were people that were jealous. Symbalat and Tobias were jealous of the work that he was doing and the people that were with him. And they tried all kinds of tricks to get them to come down off the wall. And at one point they had to have a, 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 um, a weapon in one hand and a tool in the other hand. And they had to work and they had to watch. When you have a gifting from God, whether it's one gifts or five gifts, it's not going to be easy. Everybody's not, not going to bow down and awe at your gift. You're going to have haters. You're going to have those that are jealous. You're going to have those that are envious. You're going to have those that are going to try to trip you up to see you fall, to try to make a mockery, to try to tell you that you're not worth anything and neither is your gift. But take those words and use them as stepping stones. Use them as pegs in the wall to climb up above the opinions of men. Bind up and loose, like the Bible says. The word says, whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. We have the power to speak and create. So we can speak to the things that are opposing us in our working of our gift. But don't stop using your gift. Don't second guess your gift. You know the gift or gifts that God has given to you. Don't worry about the haters. Seek God. God, how can I use this gift or these gifts to the best of my ability for your glory? That should be our prayer. Not to look to the arm of flesh for approval. Not to look to man for accolades, for confirmation. To let us know if we're doing a good job. If we are doing it for the glory of God, to the best of our abilities, God is pleased. He is pleased with us. He's pleased with you, my brother. He's pleased with you, my sister. Work that gift to the best of your ability. And don't worry what people think about it. Don't look for man's accolades. Don't look for a pat on the back from men. We want to go before God when our work is done and we open our eyes in glory and we want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. That is our goal. Our goal, our prize, this race is not given to the swift. It is not given to the strong. It is given to those that endure until the end. Are you going to endure? Are you going to stay on the path of righteousness for his name's sake? Are you going to stay on the path? Are you going to continue to work your gift when you see people fall by the wayside? Are you going to continue to work with your gift and invest your gift into the kingdom? Because it's not money only, it's time, talent, and treasure. Those three T's, time, talent, and treasure. Sometimes you have to walk alone. Sometimes the path of righteousness for his name's sake is a lonely road. Everybody will leave the road and it seems like you're walking the road by yourself and you're wondering if you're even on the right path. Seek God and continue giving him glory with your gift or your gifts. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and do all that he is calling you to do in this hour. Do all he is calling you to do in the kingdom. Do all that he is calling you to do for his glory. Work that gift no matter what it is that your light so shine. Don't hide your candle under a bushel, but put it on the hilltop for everyone to see. If your gift is cleaning, clean for the glory of God. Clean. Even if it's not in a church house, church house is closed. You say, well, my gifting was housekeeping. My gifting was hospitality. It doesn't have to stop because the church is closed. You can still work your gifting. There are people that can use your help. There are mothers that can use your help. There are seniors that can use your help. Cooking, cleaning, 
If that is the gift that God has given you and you only ever used it in the church, maybe God is trying to get you out into the hedges and highways where your gift is really needed. Where your gift will really be appreciated. See, we look for the accolades of men, but when we seek the accolade of our father, that is what is most important. So if your gifting is cleaning or cooking, find someone in your neighborhood, in your community, on your street, next door, and work the gift that God has given you. Some of us, the doors of the church are closed and we just don't know what to do with ourselves. We have this gifting and this calling and, oh my goodness, I was just all that in the church and I was doing this and I was doing that and I don't know what to do. I just sit back at ease in Zion because the church is closed. No, this is not the time to be at ease in Zion. This is the opportunity to do all that you were doing in a church out on in the hedges and highways. The church is only supposed to have been a refill station for you to come and get full, to go back out into the field, go back out into the battle, go back out into the hedges and highways and pour out. We have been so long in the church serving a man in a building to now God says, you all are so full. There is no more room. I need you to pour out. This is the season of pouring out. This is the season of pouring out our gifts to those that we would never have seen come into the church. This is our opportunity to pour out our gifts in the hedges. This is the opportunity for us to pour out our gift in the hedges and the highways. This is an opportunity to compel men not to come to a building, not to come hear our pastor, but compel men to come to Christ, to surrender their lives and their all. And so you may say, well, ministry, what am I supposed to do? I don't have a church to take them to. Bring them to your home, meet them at a public place, have a Bible study, call on the phone, minister to them, encourage them. You don't have to be in their presence. Your pastor is not the only one. The veil has been torn. We can go to God for ourselves. We can pray and we can put our petition before him and not be afraid. And so we can go out and when we compel men to come, we can be the ones to follow up with them. We don't have to refer them to the hospitality. We don't have to refer them to the pastor, the first lady, those that of us that know Jesus saved, Jesus delivered, Jesus set free. All we have to do is lead them, them to Christ, lead them in the sinner's prayer, compel them, have Bible study with them, break bread of, of the word, break bread with them in the word, teach them scriptures. We are so full in the body of Christ to busting. Don't die full. Don't die full of your gift. Don't die full of the word. Don't die full of talent and ability. Because first you die in the spirit before you die in the natural. Don't let this time of the pandemic allow you to die in the spirit realm. Use this time to pour out to those around you. Pour out to those that live near you. Pour out and have Bible study. Pour out and share the word. Pour out and sing songs from Zion. Pour out of yourselves. We have been full in the church to overflowing. Now it's time to exercise and work that gift. Work that gift. Sweat in working that gift. Sweat in exercising that gift. Don't get weary in well-doing. Get weary from going out into the hedges and the highways. Get weary and get tired and come back to God for a refill for yourself. Come back to God for a refill for yourself. So long we've set up in churches and we've gotten and from the pastor and we need the pastor to lead us and we still can consult the pastor. Pastor, God has put in my spirit to minister to those that are homeless. Go out and do 
exercise your talent. Even if you sit and volunteer in a homeless shelter to do praise and worship, volunteer in the senior center, sit outside. I know there's social distancing, but you can sit outside of access, sit outside of a nursing home and worship and praise so that it will resound to every room. You don't have to go into the building. Just have permission to go into the courtyard and worship God and see souls saved and lives changed. People that may be on their deathbed in the nursing home, that the last thing they would hear is the worship of God. The last thing they'd be able to do is get an invitation to surrender their life to Christ. That might be the only invitation they get because you surrender to use your gift outside of the church. My brother, my sister, be determined today to use your gift outside of the church. This is not the time to bury your gift. When, when Jesus cracked the sky, what would he say to you? Would he say, thank you for multiplying the gift? Thank you for sh sharing the gift? Thank you that because you used your gift, a hundred people you never met got saved? Or would he say, why did you sit at home and bury your gift? What are you going to say in response? Because the church was closed. We are the church, my brother. We are the church, my sister. We are the church. It's not a physical building. Christ in us is the hope of glory. When Jesus died, he didn't send out, say, I'm sing, sending a comforter to your church. He didn't say, I'm sending a comforter to meet you when you go to service. He sent a comforter to us personally as individuals. He sent us the anointing, the power, the Holy Ghost. So don't sit down on your gift. When Jesus come for you, let him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. I pray this word has blessed you today. I pray that something in this word pricked your heart. I pray this word inspired you to get up off the seat to do nothing. Get out of your house. Get out of your comfort zone. Call someone. Reach out to someone. Even if it's in a grocery store. Even through your mask. Even in the parking lot. Just through acts of kindness. Pour out the gifting. All that feeling that you've received from the Lord. Pour out to someone today. Be the answer to someone's prayer today. Use your gift to be the answer to someone's prayer today. Use your gifting. Use your gifting today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray your word has gone out into the hedges and the highways, God, and accomplish all that you set out for it to do today. God, if just one person was touched today, the mission was accomplished. I thank you, God, for the question you posed to us today. What are you doing with the one gift? I thank you right now for revelation from your word. I thank you right now, God, for refreshing and a renewing for some of us of the parable. I thank you now, Father, that you shield and protect everyone under the sound of my voice. Shield them in their minds, in their hearts, and in their spirits. Eradicate the spirit of depression and oppression, the spirit of suicide, the spirit of loneliness, God. We bind it now because your word says we can bind it. And if it's bound here, it's bound in heaven. God, I loose your peace, God, in our midst, God, your love, your joy. Your word says, if we loose it here on earth, it's loosed in heaven. And God, shower down your peace in the midst of these confusing times. Shower down clarity of instruction. Shower down, God, the warring angels and the ministering angels. Thank you for the space grace, the grace and the space you've given us, God, to be complacent. But the grace you've given us to see the error in being complacent. Thank you that we did not die in a complacent state. We did not die sitting down on our gift or gifts. But we've had the opportunity today 
to be refreshed and renewed in our minds and to have another chance and opportunity to get up and use the gift working while it is still day. Because when night comes, no man can work. Thank you for the promises of your word, God, that are yea and amen. We are so, so very grateful for your word today. So, so very grateful that you cared enough about us to come see about us. That you cared enough about us to remind us of the word and some of us to hear it for the first time. Thank you that the word pricked our hearts today that we will get up and stop sitting on the gift you've given us just because there's no building to use it. Thank you that the whole world is the building to go out in. In all the souls are there. The harvest is ripe. Help us be one of the laborers. Help us not sit back, God, with all that we've learned and heard and be fat in the spirit and die in the state that we're in. Thank you for being concerned, God. We love you with an everlasting love. We are so grateful that you loved us first. We are so grateful that you chose us first and gave us an opportunity to choose you back. Your word is rich with promises, God. But today you want to let us know to get off the seat of do nothing and work our gift while it is day. God bless you, people of God. God keep you. Oh, may God's uh, grace and face shine upon you until we meet again, until we hear uh, you hear from us again from end time, which will be tonight at 730 Bible study. If you would like the Zoom password to come in and participate through Zoom, please inbox us and we're, we're, we will graciously send you the information. But you are always welcome to just listen here, tune in to the Facebook page for RCH End Time Deliverance Ministries. We love you today with everlasting love. God bless you.